This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Have you ever gone on a journey of starting to live the one thing, but deep down felt like you were failing every day and even questioned if you were living it correctly? We know the vast majority of you have experienced this. While the one thing is surprisingly simple, it doesn't mean that it's easy. And just because you go on a journey of living the one thing does not mean that you're going to be perfect. In fact, we would argue that your journey is one of just failing forward. I know for me, I've very purposefully been living these principles for over six years. And pretty much every day I've had a failure, a place where I acted out of priority, a time where I said yes when I should have said no or not now. It happens to all of us. But it's not about whether you are perfect because perfection just gets in the way of what's possible. It's are you better today than you were yesterday? Because if you start to stack those gains up over time, you start to achieve extraordinary results. This episode is going to be a new format, one where an individual has a question about living the one thing that they have shared. And we're going to have a conversation where we get to answer their question and coach them live on that specific situation. The reason we are doing this is the purpose of this show is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. So we would love to hear from you. If you like this, please leave a review. And if you have a question about what it would look like to live the one thing, If you have a question on what it looks like to live the one thing that you would like us to possibly do an episode about, just email us at masteryattheonething.com. That's masteryattheonething.com with the number one in the URL. With that, let's get into this conversation we had with Lori Roth about her question, how do I know if I'm living the one thing or not? So Lori, how, how long have you known of the one thing? Since 2018 is when I was first introduced. When you when, did, you actually read the book, or did somebody just tell you about it? <laughs> no, I read the book. I did. What came to your mind when you read it? It sounded amazing and awesome, and made a ton of sense. And then I struggled to actually put it into practice day to day. When you say you struggled, what did that look like for you specifically? Well, I was asked to do a 411, but really treated it more like a big to-do list versus, you know, a success list, which is what we should do. And it just didn't bring me any value. So I felt like I was doing something wrong. Mm. Yeah. What happened when you felt like you were doing it wrong? It made me want to just stop. (laughs) I mean, the constant course corrections could get exhausting. And to constantly have to course correct, you naturally start telling yourself a story of, well, maybe I'm just not the kind of person that can do this. And I think mm-hmm. that's the danger for me is as I tell myself a story about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is the, the big question that's on your mind today? Well, how do I know if I'm actually living the one thing from day to day? I mean, there are some days that are successes and there are some days that don't feel very successful at all. How do I know I'm still on the right track? What does living the one thing mean to you? Hmm. I think it means having clarity on what's most important and making sure that I accomplish what's most important every day. Mm -hmm. And I always start out with the best of intentions. (laughs) And then life happens and kind of knocks me off course. 
Okay. So there's a reason I asked, what does it mean to you? Because when it comes to, quote, living the one thing, I think you can live it in different ways. And it's not that there's only one way to live the one thing. There's of all the ways you could live it, of all the ways you could put it into practice, what's the one for you? That if you did that, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. So I'm hearing for you, if every day you had clarity on what mattered most and you did what mattered most, you'd be living the one thing. Yeah, that's how it feels for me. What would be possible if that was your reality? If every day you had clarity on what mattered most and you did what mattered most? I think it would give me a lot of freedom uh, of mind share. Mm -hmm. A lot of my mental energy goes to thinking about the small fires that are burning that I need to attend to. Whereas I think if I had better clarity and better focus and really accomplished what mattered the most, I could devote my mind share to the things that matter the most, like my family, instead of worrying about you know other things and other tasks that I need to do. I could focus my energy where I want to focus it. I love that. So I remember one of the, the slides in our deck when we do trainings inside of companies, it says a simple path to living the one thing. Identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. Mm-hmm. Like the simplest start of quote, living the one thing is that. Can you identify what your one thing is? And I think for some people, they have a clear one thing that does not change. Like a salesperson, lead generates. A writer, writes. For your role, do you have a clear one thing or does it constantly change? It constantly changes. <laughs> okay, great. So then for you, it's about when you show up in the office for the day at home or physical office, of all the things you could do that day, what is the most important? Lori, do you feel like you have all the tools you need to be able to answer that question? I think I do. And... When I sit down to plan my 411 for the week, mm-hmm. I have absolute clarity and I feel good. And then the week happens. Hmm. And then other <laughs> other distractions pop up or what is a priority for me isn't necessarily a priority for someone else from whom I need to enlist support. Got it. So it becomes a little more challenging. One... I think that is a universal challenge. So for, for people who are listening to this who have done a 411 before, which is a tool that gives you clarity on your priorities, it helps you know what you need to do each of the four weeks to be on track for your one month, to be on track for your one year. You will understand. These are the most important things that I get done this week in order of priority. And then it collides with reality, which is your team is asking for these things. Your boss is asking for this thing. Your customers are asking for these things. And because you're a team player and you want to help everybody, you feel like you should say yes to them, which means you say no to what matters most to you. What are you currently doing in those moments when you have your 411? You know what the number one priority is for the week. And then you show up for work that day and it collides with reality. Mm-hmm. What are you currently doing? <laughs> I'm saying yes to the things, saying yes to all of the things. Okay. I'll preface by saying I, I am leading with questions because it's not about my answer. It's about you self-discovering the right answer for you. If you were really living the one thing at the highest level in your mind, what would you be doing? I'd be saying no okay. a lot more often than I do. 
how would you say it? Like, what would the actual words be that you use? Mm, I think I would have to say not n- not now. Yes, and I can do that on this date. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Okay. So see, there's a big difference. If I told you, you need to flat out say, no, I can't do that. Versus, yes, I'd love to help you with that. I can get that to you by Tuesday. Is there a difference? Yeah, that feels a lot better for me because I am a natural helper. I do want to say yes. And there are things that need to be done, you know, that are someone else's priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Saying no is way less about saying no. It's about being clear about what you're saying yes to. And then establishing the guardrails on, if I am going to say yes, one, should I be saying yes to this? Or that's actually not my job. This is who should be doing that. Or I can do that, but here's when I can get that done by. Do you feel like you could start using that immediately? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Because I'll tell you, I mean, Imagine a world where I'm asking you to do something. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's on your plate. And if I need something from you, sure, I need something from you. But implicitly, I'm trusting that you're going to educate me on when you can get it to me. I'm not expecting you to drop everything. And if I am, you better educate me on what the opportunity cost is of that. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's five to 10,000 feet. Identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. Identify your one thing. You have a 411. So you know the 20% priorities that are going to drive 80% of your results. They're in order of priority. And when they collide with reality and somebody else is asking, hey, do you got a minute? Or hey, where do we stand on this? Or can you help me with this? You will say what? Yes. Here's when I can do that. Awesome. Yeah. What what percent of the time do you think that that will be sufficient? I would say the <clears throat> the majority of the time. Yeah. For sure. I think so. I think you might shock yourself. I bet it's 90% plus. Yeah, I would I think, agree. I think there are times where, you know, your boss may have something that is legit needs to happen now, and in that case, your one thing just changed. And that's okay. Now let's talk about time blocking. 
how do you plan what goes on your calendar each week? Oh, so yeah, so I have a planning time for my 411 every week. So I sit down and I plan out um, all my priorities on my 411. And then I transfer those to my time blocks on my calendar, my digital calendar. And I try to get them on my calendar in order of priority. And that's that's where things can get a little bit sticky. For instance, if I need to enlist support from someone else, that they don't have time until later in the week. It happens to be my one thing, but it's not their one thing. Sometimes things don't really get on my calendar in order of priority because of that. But mm. I try really hard. Okay. So you, in your planning time block, you update your 411. So you're clear on what your priorities are. Then I'm hearing you say you go to priority number one and you place that on the calendar first. Yes. And you go to priority two, you place that second. And what I'm hearing yes. you say is, the collide with reality is just because it's number one doesn't mean it happens first thing Monday morning. Right. If there are interdependencies, it might mean that you're meeting Thursday afternoon, but it is on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself blocking those things where you have white space? Or do you find yourself saying, when's the ideal time for me to do this? And if there's something there, making that thing move? Well, we do have some standing meetings that are kind of rocks in the stream. So I do have to plan around some of those. So I don't do a lot of moving things around. I really okay. don't. When you look at your calendar for an upcoming week, what per before you do your time blocking, what percent of the week is white space, if you had to guess? I'd say maybe like 60 to 70%. Okay, so it's pretty high. That's pretty high. Mine is not that way. So the good news for you is you got lots of white space. Mm -hmm. So you just get to place those boulders. You've got, I'm hearing that you do not struggle with the, you've, I've got clarity in my priorities, but I look at my calendar and it's filled with all this other stuff. Right. Okay. So time blocking is not your issue. No, I don't think it's necessarily my issue. I think my issue is how do I get things done in order of priority for me? Mm -hmm. And I need to get help from other people who may not be available to me. Okay. Or... Fantastic. So you've identified your one thing. You know what matters most for the day. Mm -hmm. It's on your calendar. Then it's protect the time block. What are the things that tend to threaten your focus most when you're in a time block? Hmm. Hmm. That's a great question. Usually, <laughs> I don't turn Slack off during my hmm. time blocks. So I get distracted by little messages like, hey, can I grab some time with you next week? Or can I, can I ask you a question? So I think it's the, the little digital monsters like email and Slack. <laughs> How do you know that you received a message? Because I get a, a pop-up notification. Oh, okay. So you have that thing like in the top corner, it, it slides out and shows the notification. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Is that serving you? I mean, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, sometimes there's a fire that needs to be put out. Sometimes I, I'm glad that I looked because it's something that needs to be handled. It's urgent. The majority of the time, it's probably not urgent. Okay. I'm going to ask you a tough question and it's intentional. Okay. What is more important? You maintaining your focus on your one thing in that moment or 
receiving that notification? Maintaining my focus would be more important. So what ultimately makes you feel like you have to see the notification? There's just something inside me that wants to be responsive and wants to be helpful to other people. It's like kryptonite for me. Yeah, which, which honestly is an amazing trait. Like That's what makes you awesome. And are you actually able to deliver the highest value and impact if you continue to operate that way? No, I mean, it definitely dilutes my focus and dilutes the effectiveness overall. What are the true consequences that you're experiencing because in your attempt to be available for everybody, you dilute your focus on what matters most? I feel like I'm failing every day. Mm. And that really hinders my motivation to keep going. It's like every single day is a constant reminder of like, ugh. I had this beautiful plan for the week and it just went down the drain like by Monday afternoon. And that's a terrible feeling just to do that over week, over week, over week. So yeah. What impact does that have on you? Makes me feel like I'm not really living the one thing. Hmm. It makes me question what I'm doing. You know, if if that's my intention, what what am I actually doing? You know, am I doing it? Is the fact that I'm keeping going, is that proof that I'm living the one thing or is that proof that I'm not? How is this impacting your personal life? I worry a lot. (laughs) There are times I I have dreams about the tasks that are unfinished or the things that need to be done. I can tell you it definitely takes away my focus from my family. Yeah. Do you need to make a change here? A hundred percent. Yeah. And every question I've asked you has been purposeful. Because I could have, you could have asked the question, how do I know if I'm living the one thing? Oh, it's simple. Identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. Identify what matters most, make sure it's on your calendar. And when you show up for that time block, just make sure your email and Slack is shut down and put your phone on do not disturb. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wouldn't have done anything for you. Mm-mm. But again, this is what does it mean for you to live the one thing? And for you to really understand what's at stake when we don't. What's the one thing you can do so that those little tech monsters, I think is what you called them, are no longer your tech monsters? Shut them down during my time blocks. Sure. I remember it was years ago. I realized some of the smartest people in the world wake up every day working for these tech companies asking, how can I command people's attention? And the truth is, part of living the one thing is you identifying what matters most to you in the context of your goals professionally and personally, and you prioritizing those things and then earning the right to address the other stuff. I, I remember going through my notifications and one by one by one asking, is this notification more important than me achieving my goals? The answer was no to the vast majority of them. So Slack, I have Slack. It is always open. I receive zero notifications. No little click sound 
No little bubble showing me how many messages I haven't seen. No pop-up of any sort. When I get out of a time block, I check Slack. So I'm checking Slack when I am available. And guess what? If you did that, where you truly got rid of all the notifications and somebody sent you a really urgent message and you didn't respond immediately, what do you think they would naturally do? Find another way to get up with me. Yeah. If it's really important to find you, you best believe your phone will start ringing. Mm-hmm. But most of the time that somebody is slacking you or emailing you, they're passing it from their plate to your plate. It's not that you have to drop everything in that moment. So my question for you is, would you be willing to test this for one day? For one day, you actually, if you don't know how to Google how to disable Slack notifications and actually do it. Yeah. Yes. I'll do it. Okay, cool. Let's do it right now. Okay. Google, how to disable Slack notifications. I'm doing it right now. I can pause them. What does that mean? It means I don't get notifications for a certain amount of time. I can pause them until, you know, for an hour, 30 minutes until tomorrow or custom. Is there ever a world where that pop-up notification is going to be more important than your goals? No. I would not pause them. I would disable them. I would get rid of the pop-ups and I would get rid of the audible clicks. I would get rid of the bubbles. You, I mean, I'm watching your face. How are you feeling right now as we talk (laughs) about doing this? I'm feeling a little bit stressed. Okay. That's why I'm saying I'm giving you permission to do it for a day. A day. A day. Today. It's not even lunchtime yet. Can you just do it for today? You can even put a time block on your calendar at 5 p.m. to turn your Slack notifications back on. I don't think you're going to want to, though. Test it for the next four hours. Okay. Can you do that? Yes, I can. Again, you can turn them right back on at 5 o'clock. But I think what you're going to find, Lori, is that the world keeps spinning. I think you're going to find that you naturally are going to keep checking Slack and email in between time blocks. But when you're in those time blocks, you're actually going to maintain your focus, Mm. which likely means you're going to get more done in less time, which likely means you're going to feel a higher sense of accomplishment at the end of each day, which I wouldn't be surprised if that starts to spill over into your personal life. And it sounds like even your dreams. Right. Because you disabled notifications. Such a small, small thing to do. Again, small actions can unleash massive reactions. You ask the question, how do I know if I'm living the one thing or if I'm failing? A lot of people imagine that living the one thing means always having clarity on what matters most, that it's always time blocked, that you protect that time block and crush every distraction. They're thinking big, but that's acting big. And then they feel like a failure. And like you said, you're only going to let yourself feel like a failure for so long before you do what? Give up or make a change. That's right. And most people give up and they say, this doesn't work. And it's think big, go small. 
do the tiny little things that if you just started doing that would make incremental gains for you. And it's this is the path of mastery. You will never be perfect living the one thing. You will fail every day. I have already failed today. It's not even lunchtime. But I am night and day better today than I was six years ago. So for you, it's about the next thing you can do is silence notifications. And then you're going to have to take stock of, am I clear on what matters? Is it on my calendar? And what are the things that are stealing my focus? And what's one thing I can do about that? And just keep knocking the dominoes down day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you will improve. You will be living the one thing because you will be failing your way forward. I never thought of it like that. That's why we're talking. Awesome. What stands out to you from this conversation? The fact that failing is a sign that I am living the one thing. The fact that I'm making an effort and taking a moment to reflect and to say that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Like just that little moment of self-check means I'm doing it. And I'll clarify, it's failing your way forward. It's not just failing for the sake of failing and being stagnant. You are failing your way to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. Especially because, you know, a lot of the time, my goals are more performance-based. You know, make sure that I execute on all these time blocks. Make sure that I get all these things done. When in reality, my goal should just be learning more about myself learning more about how I operate naturally and learning more about how I can manipulate my environment to work with who I am and how I work. Well, I think this is where when we look at the 411 and it being done inside a company, it's not just an individual updating it on a weekly basis, but it's that coaching conversation with your leader. What were your priorities last week? How'd you do? How do you feel about that? Based on that, what can you do differently this week? And when we look to this week, if you could only do one thing, what would it be? And should you earn the right to do a second, what would it be? What's most likely to stop you from being successful here? What's a solution for that? These are, these are questions that force you to learn more about yourself and make those little micro adjustments week after week that over time, oh baby, you're, you're, you're showing up as a whole new person. Nice. So what's the one thing you're going to commit to doing? Based on this conversation, I'm going to shut off my notifications for the rest of the day. All right. Text me at the end of the day and let me know how you feel. I'm going to do it. And if you and if you want to turn them back on, permission granted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You you Thank may you. turn them on, but I want to see what happens for the next four hours. And if you like it, try it for the first half of tomorrow. You can turn them back on at lunch if you want. Okay. I think you're going to surprise yourself though. We shall see. I'll keep you posted. And I'll just, the question that I hope stays with you is I saw your face when I said it. When you feel the temptation, like in considering, should I put them back on? Just ask, is this more important than my goals? Okay. You reserve the right to say yes. And I want you to think it through. Okay. High five. Good job. Thank you. Well, there you have it, our conversation with Lori Roth. The path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. This means think big, cast a big vision for your life 
and start by going small. This means giving yourself permission to making your success today around living the one thing a tiny two-inch domino that is so small that effortlessly with the flick of a finger it falls. Because if day after day after day, you can identify a tiny lead domino like disable my Slack notifications. You start to stack those together over time, you unleash extraordinary results. The thing that I really hope you take from this episode is that perfection gets in the way of what's possible. Our hope is that you learn to celebrate progress. Celebrate the progress that you will make today. Do not focus on all the places that you failed. Focus on the successes that you had. Because if again, day after day after day, those successes increase, (laughs) life gets real exciting. And you will achieve far more than you ever thought possible in way less time. Fail your way forward, folks. Give yourself permission to fail forward. Like we said, this is a new type of episode that we are exploring right now. If you have a question about what it looks like to live the one thing, email us at mastery at the one thing.com. That's with the number one in the URL, mastery at the one thing.com. While we're not going to be able to answer every question, we are going to look for the high level questions that we think apply to most people. And we will definitely do some episodes around those. If you would like additional support going on this journey, go to the one thing.com. That's with the number one in the URL. As an individual, you can learn about our Living Your One Thing training community, as well as our Jumpstart Workshop, which is a two-day online immersive experience to dive deep into the principles so you can start living them immediately. And if you are a leader in an organization and want to explore what it looks like to create this type of common language and trust with your team, request a consultation. We'll line up a time to connect and walk you through exactly what a customized approach would look like for your organization. If this episode has brought value to you, please think of somebody you know who needs to share it. If you're new to the show, click the follow button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice. And please consider leaving us a rating and review. It genuinely helps us reach more people and fulfill our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.